0: Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast, brought to you by Revision Path, a showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. I'm Maurice Cherry, and this week I have a great interview with Pittsburgh based letterer and designer Raquel Rodriguez. We talked about typography, freelancing, graffiti, and a whole lot more. If you like this interview, make sure to check out the other interviews on revisionpath.com. Hope you enjoy. Okay, I'm sitting here with Raquel Rodriguez. Raquel, why don't you tell the Revision Path audience about yourself and what you do?
1: Okay, so thank you first, Maurice, for having me here. Um, what I do, I consider myself, I guess my business card says, I'm a letterer and designer. Um, so I make, I do a little bit on the design side and development side. Um, Primarily as a designer, I work with uh, creating le- lettering. Um, I'm working on figuring out how to create uh, head spaces okay. and making them available. Um, that's in process right now. Yes. I do make uh, websites, mostly building off of WordPress for, organi- for different non educational institutions. Um, usually, people who don't have a gigantic budget, so right. that working off of WordPress is is pretty feasible for their, you know, for what they can afford and what mm-hmm. I can do. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think pretty much that sort of sums up what I do.
0: So the the letter, when I think of, of a letterist or someone who does lettering, for some reason I think of uh, the people that do comic books. And they're oh, like letters. Ah, interesting. But you do more like logos. And type treatment. Right,
1: right. That's, that's right. So if you think of, yeah, I mean, if you think of the different, you know, something that's unique, so it's not an existing typeface, right. um, And I will create whatever words need to be made from those. So you create uh, fonts too? Right, well, that's what I'm, so that's yeah, so I've created fonts, but I'm figuring out, I need to figure out how to actually make them available and people can download them. Oh, okay. So that's the part where I mean that I'm figuring out how to do that. So yeah, i have created fonts. You know, they exist. I use them because mm-hmm. I have them at my disposal. But I am a
0: huge, huge font nerd. Really font okay. nerd. But I really, really <laughs> like fonts and typography. I think it's really interesting. Um, and that's one thing I want to get into is creating my own fonts and mm-hmm. things like that. I know there's some software out there that sort of helps you along, but... I'm trying to really find a good resource of like a good book or something that will right. help me with, you know, letter forms. I think I saw something recently, with uh, was a video of Huffler uh, and Farrah Jones, mm-hmm. I to guys, and they were talking about how they build letter forms, and they say they start with two letters, an H and an O. Because so the H is like the quintessential square, the O is like the quintessential circle. Right. And then from the O and the H, you can make a Z because it's half square, half circle, and then they sort of build out from there. And I was like, oh, that's, sure. really, that's
1: really organic. That makes a lot of sense how that, how that works. Right. So. And when you're starting, right, you generally will start right, with the majuscules, the uppercase letters, mm-hmm. um, and then exactly build out from there. Once you start looking at letter forms a lot, you realize how which ones are very similar, mm-hmm. like I'll do P, R, D because uh, they're essentially the same type of strokes that right. you're making, right? Like brown right, straight, round. Um, right. And there's one um, way, for me, there's building the letter forms and then there's the more sort of tech-related logistical, how do I then make this mm-hmm. an actual font that I can release to people? Right. And that's the part that I'm figuring out. And I know fontographer, fontographer is sort of the software that can help with that, but I'm still learning, trying to get from point A to B and okay. get a fully released and all of that. And then also realizing that for it really to be a full so on typeface, it's not just the letters A through Z. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have the numerals, the numbers, you have to have yeah. punctuation, right? right. So there's lots of little things that you have to do beyond, oh, it's 26 letters. And then you know, is it going to be a display font? Is it only uppercase? Mm-hmm. Is it uppercase and lowercase? Right. Are you going to have a palette? You know, do you really want it? To, if it's going to be a full out everything, well, it's going to take a yeah. lot more And I know it's time. a lot <laughs> that goes I saw,
0: I saw, um, I think it was a recent sale on a type one. I think it was Type for Type. And they were selling Hiroku uh, Pro. It has like 20 weights. I mean, a lot of weights. And they were selling it for baby life. Mind, wow! I'm like, oh. I was like, there's so much time, I'm sure that goes into just building all that out and then importing it. so I'd be able to fail, but I guess it's probably just part of it. Yeah, and it's just, as far as
1: building the letter forms, I used to be, when I was a, in my younger days, I was involved, I was a graffiti writer, and that's okay. how I got started into letter forms. I, that's where I started, and I was just amazed by what you could do with different letters, yeah. um, and so now... I mean, I still, I still have a lot of my old sketchbooks and I'll look at a lot of my old sketchbooks and stuff, but then also just looking at, I guess, the more formal uh, literature around typography. Uh, are really, you know, amazing old text specimen books that you can find on the web for free and look through them. There's amazing ones in the library that you can get for free. not to have forever, but you can go to the library and look at them, you know? Uh, so there's a lot of incredible resources. And just with things like Flickr and a lot of online communities that have a similar interest in type, you can just find amazing, amazing things. So
0: speaking of libraries, I know you're also a librarian, Uh um, how how did you get into that? How did you get into library sciences and how does your your work with design sort of play into that? Sure.
1: So I became a librarian. I mean, officially as a professional, I received my master's in library science in 2000. Okay. And I went to the University of Pittsburgh for that. And then I worked as an academic librarian for about seven years, also still at the University of Pittsburgh. Okay. Um. And so, with that, for me, what that entails primarily it was working with the public and helping them find information. So I'm working at the university dealing primarily with students and faculty who are doing research mm-hmm. for the most part, right? If you think of your days as an undergraduate, you had to write papers, right. you would go to the library, hopefully, to, to figure out how to do <laughs> that. Not how to write the paper, but to get the research right. to write the paper. Exactly. Um, and then working with faculty for whatever research that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was learning, and I was, so at that time, 2000, you know, the web, the internet, as we know it, as we commonly call it, had existed for a few years, not, you know, wasn't around for decades, obviously, and so online resources in libraries were sort of a burgeoning, um, I guess,
0: were were developing resources at that time. I remember being in, uh, and it's funny because I'll tell this to my cousin, I have a cousin now who goes to Carnegie Mellon, and... It's so interesting talking to him about how he does his work with uh like doing some research papers and how I was when I was in college when I was in high school, you know, we still had the card catalog right and we had a computer and you know, it was sort of they were just starting to do the computerized card catalog. Exactly. And in college that's really when I feel like because I was in college maybe ninety nine, two thousand mm-hmm. and the shift started happening where it was a lot more you're looking at stuff online, you're citing web pages and things right. like that along
1: with, you know, books as well, but it was a good, a good balance, it was interesting. It was really starting to shift. Right. And now there's a humongous shift. Mm-hmm. Now you can search, you know, thousands of journals at one time, which is amazing. It's an, it's an amazing access to information, but then people are also dealing with incredible information overload. so, so after, so I worked as an academic librarian for several years. And during that time, I kind of was exposed in a very visceral way to people having a tough time using online resources, Mm -hmm. right? People looking for books, people looking for uh, journal articles, and they can't find it because the tool that they're using is really
0: poorly designed
1: (laughs) in a number of ways, both the interface and then just how, I guess, what's underneath it, right? What's what's underneath how people are searching for things. Um, And eventually I ended up leaving libraries Having more to do with where specifically I was working at and being unsatisfied with that, Mm -hmm. but also wanting to explore more uh, a more creative career. So I had been involved with art my whole life growing up, just drawing things and as a like as a teenager being involved with graffiti, and then I dropped all of that when I went to college, mostly because I didn't know. How you can make a career from doing something creative? I didn't know what graphic design was. I didn't know any designer. Uh, you know, I knew of fine artists, but I just, that to me didn't really appeal to me. I didn't think oh, I want to go to the a museum. That also didn't seem very feasible. You know, my parents weren't gonna pay for me to go to school to say, "Well, I'm gonna be." My dream is to go be in, like, the Met, you know, and <laughs> have them say, well, how does that work, and not well, have a role. You a job Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so, in a way, I mean, but I love being a librarian in lots of different ways, but then I also just got kind of tired of the specific environment where I was, mm-hmm. um, and once I decided to pursue design... Um, I found that a lot of what I had learned as a librarian was really pretty applicable to what I was doing as a designer. Uh, Both in, for example, now if I meet with a client and just talking to them and figuring out what is it that you're trying to achieve, what is it that you need, Mm -hmm. is very similar to when I was helping patrons. And them telling me uh, um, I have some kind of an information need, but you can't, you don't always know very clearly what it is. Right. So helping to clarify that type of, of need for someone, um, helping to explain certain things about what is happening. If, let's say somebody needs a website, and they tell me, oh, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about technology, yeah. but I, I think I need this. For whatever reason, um, and trying to help them comprehend what it is without it being totally overwhelming, and you know have them get totally lost on everything. Um, so uh, for, for a lot of different reasons, my training as librarian has been really helpful, and then also especially making websites, understanding how to organize information. Okay, doing the information architecture part is one hundred percent what a librarian. Is works with every day so it's been great it's, it's been applicable to what i want to do now but it's still also allowing me to do something more creative than and then and, and something that i can look at and say look i did this thing i made this thing mm-hmm. that's a great for me it's a really great feeling <laughs> yeah so you
0: also freelance and you do what you do um, so you mentioned before that you're a freelance yeah. artists or graphic artists or whatever. Yeah, um, yep. How long have you been doing that? And how have this sort of been
1: going so far? Um, I guess officially, I don't even know how I would say officially when it started. I know I had done some work for free over the past, I don't know, five years at least. For friends, you know. I know lots of people who are in different non different social justice organizations who aren't even nonprofits? it's just people trying to do something um, but they need a logo they need an announcement and I would sometimes volunteer to do that type of work um, but I would say it's just freelance and trying to figure out how to do this and get monetary uh, you know exchange for it has been about a, a little over a year so about I don't know so 14-15 months Uh and it's, it's been a challenge in just constantly always having to be looking for work. Right. <laughs> that, you know, the constant, oh, I got one job and I'm working on it right now, but and it's great and I'm happy to be working on it, but then I also know that, well, this is, this project will be done in two weeks or three weeks or whatever the case may be, and knowing that I have to be looking for something else. That, to me, is the biggest, the biggest challenge of it, you know figuring out the business aspect. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're located yeah. in... So um, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. How is the design scene? Is there really like a design community? Oh, uh,
1: you know, so far when I'm... I had lived in Pittsburgh for several years already when I worked as a librarian. Then I moved back to Chicago, which is where I'm from, for about four years. And then I came back to Pittsburgh about... It'll be three years at the end of May. Um, and I started, I got to know the community a little bit when I initially moved back. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined AIGA, the Pittsburgh chapter of AIGA, and I started to meet some of the designers that way. And then, actually, they're quite nice. Like everyone was very nice mm-hmm. and welcoming, and right now I'm a volunteer and I help with different events and things. Um, but that hasn't necessarily translated to to projects, right. you know. So if they've been everyone's been very nice in a lot of ways, and when I do have questions, I've asked more experienced designers who have been freelancers for longer periods of time, sort just for advice about how to handle. Different projects, or how to go about finding more projects, mm-hmm. and people have been very re- responsive. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's,
0: a, that's one thing. Really, I that I also do design.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: we're always eager to help each other out, cause we're all really in the same boat. Right. Um, there's not. It's, it's very rare that you'll find someone who's really sort of secretive about how they get business or the people they really attract. Because mm-hmm. I think. When all of us succeed, the whole industry gets better. Right. So there's a lot of, uh, and I found worldwide, really. Other entrepreneurs are really keen on helping each other out mm-hmm. to make sure that we're all growing and progressing together. Uh, so that, I find that to be a really good thing. Talk to me about Chicago Public uh, uh Chicago Public
1: skills. Skills. Sorry. That's Chicago okay. No worries. So... So, Chicago Public Skills is just sort of a alternative moniker I use for my work Mm -hmm. inside. Um, And it comes from, well, me having been born and raised in Chicago, Mm -hmm. but also very much the name is sort of related to, again, my, going back to my graffiti days. You sort of, when, when you are a graffiti writer, you generally have a crew that you're a part of. Right. And for the most part, I mean, there's no 100% hard and fast rules, but oftentimes your crew will have a three-letter, it be a three-letter acronyms. So there were all kinds, I mean, I don't know, I don't know the ones, uh, there's some that are worldwide, well-known all over the world, and in Chicago, some of the very popular ones when I was growing up were Aerosol, Crew a spray brigade, ice, and they, those letters always stand for something. Okay. So, like, aerosol crew, yeah. AST, but they also stand, stood for, like, all-city champions, or mm-hmm. you just make it whatever you want. Usually, it's just about how kind of cool and badass your crew is, right? Right. Um, and so, as I got older, and, and then when I started to do design and had my own website and all these things, I was like, okay, I want it to be not just my name, mm-hmm. um, but I like the idea of calling sort of myself, giving myself a larger name right. <laughs> So, Chicago Public Skills in the sense that, you know, what I do is, is skillful. What I do is for you know public interaction, mm-hmm. uh, con- public consumption in a way, and whether it means I'm doing lettering on um, business outside or whether it's the website. You know, it's still a public uh, display and, well, Chicago, I'm from Chicago. So, that's why, so my website is RaquelCTS.com So, yeah, that's where that comes
0: from. Who would you say are some of your designers influences? I had a chance to take a look at your portfolio really great, great work.
1: Oh, thank you. Who are some of your influences? Um, well... Generally, I mean, oh, well, let's say, let, let me say more specific In General. Okay. I mean, lettering Why mm-hmm. I am 100% absolutely influenced by just growing up and having been involved with graffiti. So, and even with that, I can't say that there's one particular writer that really, oh, I wanted to do stuff like that person. Because also, when you're in graffiti, you're it's funny you want to develop your own style the purpose is not oh I want to look like X, Y, and Z I want to look like me mm-hmm. right. that's it and nobody will look at it and never confuse what I did with someone else right. Right. Um, and it's, as I got older and as I got more involved with the formal design community mm-hmm. I, it's funny I would hear people say and I actually think this is really good advice that when you see something that you like you know, try to copy it. Not to try to sell it, steal it, and say, oh, this is my design. No, no, no. Copy it for your own practice. Copy it, you know, let's say I see a book cover that I just, oh, wow, I really like it. the type. I really like the layout. And so, okay, maybe I will just sit there and sketch it out. Just to get a sense of the spatial, right. you know, what's fitting where, where's the weight, you know, where's the heavy parts, where's the light parts. And just so that I can have that practice. And I have, that's actually something that I have found really useful for using tools like Illustrator. Okay. Because Illustrator to me is sort of, I mean Illustrator and Photoshop, the whole creative suite, they're sort of, they're sitting there on your screen. Yeah. You know,
0: it's, it's not, fun I don't... I, ...waiting for you to do something, but it's hard to sort of figure out how to interact because to focus on the it's totally different.
1: Yeah. And it, to me there's no context. Even though that you can have the little rulers on there, uh-huh. it's just it's just sort of it could be a hundred feet tall and just sitting there on your screen. Right? right? right. And that's and that's impossible. Right. Yeah. So for me i I've, I've I had started to do this sort of project just for myself where I was looking at I'm a big fan of Bauhaus okay. design. Okay. Um the, just the layout, the colors, the sort of, it's sort of stark. I'm also a big fan of uh, the century modern design. I'm also a big fan of uh, arts and crafts, like Frank Lloyd Wright, Randy McIntosh. And, and not just in the visual design, you know, 2D, but like Frank Lloyd Wright's homes are amazing to uh, me. But also, like the Rennie Macintosh lettering, I'm a big fan of. And so looking at some of those things and trying to sort of just recreate it at the same scale in Illustrator so that I could get a better sense of when I'm working on something in Illustrator, to see proportions and to see angles and things like that. Um, But again, not because, oh, I want to I want to bite everything that. Brandy Macintosh did and say, look at this because I made this, Well, It's just for me so that I can see things better on a screen because I find it to be a very sort of awkward place to
0: work on. I know what you mean. I I do a lot of designs in in Photoshop as well and it's an illustrator too and it can be anything from a bookmark to a pamphlet to a billboard that I'm designing and it's to get that sense of space can often be very awkward uh, just in terms of, especially the typography, you know, turning and tracking and making sure everything looks right and spatial relation to other elements, it can be hard to see um, until you, I guess, see the finished product and then you're like, oh, okay, that's a look too bad. Right. So there might be some effects you try to uh, accomplish or reproduce and then you see the printed version and you're like, oh, that's
1: not, well, it's always going to be,
0: <laughs> right. you know, so I totally, I totally yeah, understand Yeah,
1: so, that. so the copying thing is something that I've started to do more, mm-hmm. just to, and also do. um like very recently I started getting mo- much more heavily into lettering, so I've been looking at a lot of sort of older calligraphy books and uh, handwriting uh, primers, you know, how you're supposed to handwrite because also as we use computers more I know my handwriting has gotten worse significantly worse than when I was (laughs) like in eighth grade Um, so partially to help me write a way that I like again but then also just like looking at the forms you know the strokes of what does what so if I see some really nice old books about handwriting I will look at them I'll read them And then I'll try to do those little exercises that they say, Mm -hmm. again, so I can just feel like, so I can feel in my hand, oh, this is what that stroke feels like. Like to make this R, this is what it feels like. I think that for me, it's really, it's very helpful. It's really important. It's it's so interesting
0: you mentioned that because I see a lot of interfaces now that are starting to include uh, signatures, like signing with your finger. And it's so, it's a different experience trying to write something with your finger and trying to write with an instrument. Yeah, um, totally. there There's a local delivery place here, for example, that uses iPhones. And so you get the iPhone and then you tap your, you know, amount, tap the tip, and then you sign it with your finger so and it's fingers. like, yeah, 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 yeah. like it looks like, like you know, a scribble. Because we don't write
1: with our fingers. Right.
0: So it's interesting that, you know, as one skill develops, another skill might start to atrophy. Sure. It's so really kind of interesting yeah. correlation. I do design work and I have, I probably do more design than development now, mm-hmm. but now I'm starting to learn Ruby, so I can get more back into my development route, because I really sort of think that design, I don't know, like, I like stuff, but why do I like it? And thinking about why do I like it, and why do I like these forms, and features, and what's, what's the motif, what's the feeling in it, you know? that I'm trying to accomplish. I like, I like a lot of mid-century designs that I reason. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I look at it and I can picture a certain uh, atmosphere or a certain style. I use like music a lot really sure. for what I'm designing to get an idea of, okay, if I really want to do some nice, nice inspired design, you know, I may listen to some Motown or mm-hmm. I may you know even listen to some I don't know, Buddy Holly is. Yeah, is yeah, Anything that's right around in that same time frame to get an idea of, you know, what the, what the design, to get that sense of whimsy that comes with, sure. you know, sometimes doing design and that kind of thing. What advice would you give to someone that's looking to start out with design? Take with what you do with lettering and things like that. What sort of advice would you give to someone starting out? Uh.
1: There's advice for different parts, right? There's advice for your own specific, like, practice. Mm -hmm. As far as uh, what you do as a letterer, do you want to, you know, do you want it to be lettering in the sense of, like, calligraphy, like a very sort of traditional calligraphy with with the 45 degree, you know, pen nib. And that's it. We want it to be something more, uh, sort of new-school, like if you are going to try to look at things, I mean, you know, advertising has stolen from graffiti, like everything, oh, yes. you know? Mm-hmm. You see everything and advertise on buses, and everything mm-hmm. is advertised on sides of buildings, where it's illegal if it's graffiti, but it's legal if someone is keen for that demonstration, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even also trying to take that style of lettering, that very specific style, um, and making it sort of ex- presumably acceptable for advertising, right? Mm-hmm. Is that something, do you want to focus on that, like this much more newer look? Um, do you want to focus on script lettering, you know, sort of fancy things with all kinds of flourishes? and the, I'm sort of all those things. I like all of them. So I try to do it all. But also just figuring out, you know, you have to practice. You have to literally do it all the time. Um, And not just when someone's paying you. Yeah. You know? And that's, for me, developing just in general as a designer was, you know, I have to do things. Not just when I have a job to do it. Um, And I like it. But also just remembering that you're only really going to get better from doing it more and more.
0: Um, You have to flex that muscle, that... In order to really be able to strengthen
1: it you have to really Sure, you have to use it yeah. yeah, you have to use it You have to develop it um, And then you and I were talking about this a little bit already Just on a professional level You know, networking Really, and it sucks Some people hate it You know, some people are very sort of shy And mm-hmm. I can be I, um, Some days I can be totally shy Some days I can be a lot more outgoing um, But having that, you know, networking Try to look for meetups try to look for you know sweet people I kind of hate Twitter but I use it because that's what people there's a sort of expectation around it um I don't hate it but I kind of you know I don't really like it um but you never know if you see someone doing something that you like and you shoot them an email and just say wow I really like this do you have any advice how did you start is there a book that you read um uh, last year, I was at a conference, uh, Weapons of Mass Creation okay. in, in Ohio, and the guys um, Friends of Pike were there. And I just walked up to them. They were really nice. They were at a table. They had this table set up where they're sort of selling stuff, posters, and whatnot. And I had this idea. It's like, oh, you're here. This other guy, Alonzo Felix, who's also a pretty awesome. Um, typographer and letterer, I just asked them to sign my sketchbook. I was like, can you draw me a letter? Uh, I said, I'm really into letters. I think it'd be cool if you did this because it'll help me remember this and I'm going blog about it. And they're like, yeah, whatever. So they drew me letters. I asked them, hey, is there something that you read that you find really useful? Um, and they mentioned a couple of books, some of the Phaedons. Um, I can't think of the name. They're these two really big, gorgeous set of books about photography, amazing books and I bought one of them but I can not afford both of them um, but the, yeah they were totally you know they said yeah I look at this and I really like it you know like you said I think most people are more than happy to tell you what they find inspirational or useful um, it, it's not only just to help you, but it's going to help you figure out also whether that's really even what you're trying to do. Right. You know what I mean? It's maybe the more you look at it, the more you realize. Well, maybe
0: this isn't so much.
1: Or you may get a different
0: type of inspiration. Yeah, that, absolutely. You know, someone that they might not have gotten when they said, "Oh, this is you know my influence, what I like." Right. You'll get
1: something totally different from it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, just even though we have all this technology and ways to try to. Connect with people. I think that when you really tell someone, I really like what you do. Like, I'm really impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Without necessarily being, you know, sucking up too much. Right. But just say that, and hey, yeah, maybe there's, a, there's an interesting sort of popular, excuse well, me, popular school sort of thought behind
0: it. You, know, you give away what you know for free. Just you know, share your knowledge because that helps. The entire community, girl. Sure. You know, there's not really any sense in keeping what you know just to yourself, unless it's some trade secret or something, perhaps, about your business. But, right. you know, we're all out here designing and learning, and the medium is growing and changing right. every day. So it helps that we're all learning sort of teaching each other, even if it's a small way. Right.
1: And even like you said, we were talking about this again earlier, where it seems like more and more. What, what, you know, a designer doesn't just design things Yeah. You, if, even if you are not, the responsibility isn't on you to ever have to code anything, mm-hmm. I think you are better served as a designer to at least have some concept of
0: Absolutely. what's going
1: on with Absolutely. code. Even if you don't ever have to touch it. <laughs> right. Like, if you but know... It's to
0: know whether or not your design is feasible enough.
1: Exactly. It be code Right. So yeah, absolutely. right. So I think while well, on the one hand, you know, it can feel overwhelming. I know I felt it, where I feel like, well, I want to learn about more, more about programming and development. Mm-hmm. But not sure. Well, where do I start? Do I learn? Am I supposed to learn Ruby? Am I supposed to learn? Right. You know Python. I don't even know why I would choose one thing over the.
0: You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But like which one is better to sort of start out with?
1: Right. All these sort of questions. It can be totally overwhelming. I would say PHP. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: but I think that you know because a lot of those sort of strongly typed languages, you'll find that once you learn one. The others to so become easier because right. they, they build on the same level. They're all built on, on structured programming. So there are certain mm-hmm. concepts in one that sort of apply to all of them. Right. The language might be a little different. Sure. The concept is still the same thing. you think about it sort of algorithmically, it becomes a little easier to grasp it mm-hmm. you've got one language kind of, kind of under of Sure. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I definitely have
1: heard that too.
0: If, if there's one space in the world that you could design for? What would that space be, and what would you do? Um,
1: what do you mean with space? Like you mean? Like, like it could be however I want to find However, any um, it could be a city. It could
0: be your house. It could be anything.
1: Oh, wow. But you want to just put your
0: your thumbprint on? Like,
1: My, I did that. You know what? Sometimes I really wish um, the public transportation in Pittsburgh could be redesigned. And if I could do that, because I I don't drive, I don't have a car. Mm -hmm. I myself do not have a car. Um, And I feel like public transportation in certain cities, and I think Pittsburgh is one of them, there's sort of this like, you know, it's not cool to ride the bus because that means you're the broker you, broke or you have a car. Problem? Right? Okay, but Atlanta likes this also. Absolutely. Um and, and this primarily is just buses. They don't have trains. They have one train that's kind of weird and I don't even know who uses it. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a real sort of I think just just lack of understanding of why people use the bus. Mm-hmm and I think it's even just the rudimentary research that done by the court authority around why people use it, around the problems that they, the current writers, and what they have, mm-hmm. and that can help you, you know, do an amazing redesign, an amazing redesign of the service itself. Let's not even talk about aesthetics. Let's just talk about how people use it, how people access it, where it gets people to and from, you know, and I think that, Make a humongous, a huge impact in a city's vibrancy, city. mm-hmm. and I think it gets really easily overlooked because there's a sort of assumption that the people, the primary users of a bus service, are not sort of who a city cares about anyway. Right.
0: Um,
1: and even more so right now in Pittsburgh because it's had this growing reputation over the past couple of years. It's been called, you know, the most livable city in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's also (laughs) the city that has the highest rate of poverty among working age African Americans. So, Hmm. how can it be the most livable city yet have this very, very specific Uh counterpoint to it, right? Hmm. Um, So, and I think a service like that, a bus, you know, public transportation service, says a lot about a lot of things about how a city views its and how it can be improved. Um, so that would be one thing. It is totally, you know, apart from my own, like, my house that I would <laughs> <laughs> design or stuff like that, you know. I think, And I think it would be a really great uh, functional project also. Ooh. Mm-hmm.
0: Where can uh, the revision and audience find you online?
1: Oh. Okay. So my website is Raquel, E P S and that's R A Q U E L C P S dot com. And then I'm also on Twitter. Begrudgingly <laughs> so on Twitter. <laughs> uh and that's um at the Planet Rock. So T H E P L A N E P R A R A U. You know the song.
0: <laughs> well thank you so much. Um for down the oh, thank you. The path.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm really, I was really excited when I found your website, so I'll definitely be checking it out more and more as you get more interviews. And I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. You decided to interview me. Now. Oh, no problem. Thank
0: you. Thank
1: you for the <laughs> Thank you for listening.
0: If you're a black graphic designer, web designer, web developer, letterer, interactive designer, whatever, contact us. We'd love to interview you for the website. Thanks again so much for listening. Check us out at revisionpath.com. And we're also on Twitter and Facebook as well. Thanks a lot. Peace.